You are listening to episode 92 of Shades Midweek. If you're new to Midweek, this is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. We are here in Four Stream Studio recording right now. My name is John Mark DeRoe. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Brad Brown and Jonathan Hafes. We are actually re-recording this episode right now. Let's let the cat out of the bag right off the bat. Yes. Right off the bat. It shades midweek. We value transparency. It's it's a Thursday. This is not our normal record time. That's right. Um, but we're having to re-record because tragically, JM messed up. <laughs> it's my that, fault. That's mean, Brad. <laughs> it's my fault. That is not what. <laughs> I said we value. It's my fault. I said we value. Just so everyone we knows, Ian's trans- pressing my, the. It's boot. my fault. I said we value transparency. Oh my word. We lost some files. We lost some files. It's not totally your fault. You didn't know it's the a, process of what it's had to happen there. It's a lot of my fault. There. It's a lot of technical difficulties. We won't take time to explain it all, but yep. here's the short of it. We had recorded an interview. Uh, the, the great Caitlin, Brad, you say her last name correctly. Bouchelon. Yes. I always mess it up. So, yes. Yep. Caitlin had connected us with the author of a book, uh, Joshua Ryan Butler, because I think we made a joke. Like yes. we, we mentioned him on the podcast. We made a joke about getting him on. Yes, and we she, did. She actually connected us with him. He graciously agreed to let us interview him. He did. And we had we had a great interview. It was a blast. It was it hilarious. It was so much fun. He Some st- might say it was the greatest interview in the world <laughs> he, ever. He, Some might. It reminds me of that, the greatest song, the tribute. Well, this um, episode is a tribute. A tribute to the greatest. To the greatest episode. podcast interview in the world. This is not the greatest podcast interview this in the world. This is just a tribute. <laughs> a tribute. <laughs> me and my brother Kyle here. Um, <laughs> there's going to be so many people that have no idea what, what we're joking about right now. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, we had a great interview, talked about. Aliens <laughs> talked it about. It was really great. He, That's the yeah. thing. he sang a song from his, yeah, first, from band, his first band oh gosh, uh, called She's Dead. We lost it. Yeah. Oh. I'm just sad now so, that we lost it. Anyway, yeah, it's okay. But here's the deal. We're gonna try. We feel confident because he is he is one of the nicest guys we've ever met. Yeah. And we feel confident we can get him back on the show. So you can just look forward to a, a fresh interview next year and we'll be sure right. to ask him about aliens again. Right. Um, but so what we're going to do in lieu of that, and, and you needed to know that we recorded that episode because actually because of the holidays, we've recorded multiple episodes this <laughs> right. week. Right. So, Which is part of the reason why the other one got deleted. Yeah. So, so there's actually a future episode. I know this sounds confusing, but there's a future <laughs> episode that we've already recorded <laughs> where we reference the Joshua Ryan Butler interview that you will never hear. This is like Tenet. <laughs> this yeah. is like the movie Tenet I need right to, now. I'm going to have to listen to this five times to get what's oh going on. So anyway. So, uh, so just be aware, we're going to reference it in a future episode that we've already recorded that you have not heard yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's pretty straightforward. About an episode we also already recorded that and no lost. longer exists. They no longer exists. <laughs> that you will never hear about. Right. That you will never oh hear. Oh my word. Yeah. So um so we're gonna do something different uh for this episode, but let's uh let's go on and at least redo the intro we did <laughs> by by <laughs> giving people an album and a book. That's you got right. an album, JM. We'll give them something. JM's album of the All right. See, this is all. I got, a, I got a deja vu feeling. What's weird is we've done this already, <laughs> so it feels weird to us. Oh, 
But nobody else has heard it yet. But it feels like the first time. <laughs> feels like the first yeah. time. I've, um, I've watched about 50% of the NPR Tiny Desk. Did you like that? Oh, I love it. I'm going to finish it. It's very good. Yes, this is a new artist that I just discovered this week. Feels like Advent. It just feels like Advent. Aruj Aftab. I don't really know how to say her name to be completely transparent. And with you had you a all. second chance to get it right. She, yeah, she, I'm sure she says it in the in the concert performance. She's, she? she's from Pakistan, right? She's from Pakistan. She lives in Brooklyn. Uh, the band that she plays with is all based out of Brooklyn. It's her and a uh, classical guitarist that plays like a nylon string guitar, uh, a violinist, someone on the harp. It's like a smaller harp. It's really very, very cool. And uh, someone that plays bass and synthesizer. And this is her album, Vulture Prince, that came out earlier this year. I'd never heard of it before. I've been listening to it a lot this Ooh, week. I think that, it's very cool. That note right there. Yeah. Man. She, she does a lot of the like traditional... Um, I don't know if you'd call it Arabic or Muslim, or, or right. but, but a lot of those traditional runs that yes. you hear uh, that are sung as calls to prayer from the minarets. Yes. Uh, some very, those kinds of scales with those notes that yes. are kind of different. Like, we don't we don't really use those in Western music. Right. Language. I was going to say, it's definitely more East culturally Eastern, yeah. and you hear it a lot in Eastern music and not so much here in the West. So I've really enjoyed this album a lot. Definitely check it out. The whole album's like this. It's very chill. Uh, there's seven tracks, 45 minutes long. Vulture Prince. Check it out. Let me know what you think about that. Very, very cool. I All like right. It. What a shift from that beautiful Eastern melodic music to the somewhat Western <laughs> musical intro, one could say, for Bradford mm-hmm. Bradford's book club. Here we are it's the once London again. Boys Choir, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Live in the studio every week. They came back again. So very glad to have them here, and very glad to have you all in another edition of Bradford's book club. This week, the book that I'm recommending is a book by Joshua Ryan Butler. Why would you do that? Because it was going to be a super smooth transition <laughs> into the interview. But that is no longer. But the book well, is... Well, surely it's at least an Advent book. It <laughs> could be uh, considered an Advent book thematically. The book is titled The Skeletons in God's Closet. The Mercy of Hell, The Surprise of Judgment, and The Hope of Holy War. So I think you have to understand the metaphor skeletons in one's closet. And so I didn't do any research on this beforehand, but I'm assuming it would reference somebody killing another individual and then putting them in their closet. And then over time, the body decomposes. I imagine it's a mess. <laughs> what and is wrong with you today? <laughs> what's left is simply skeletal remains, which you would not want anyone to know about. So right. you probably wouldn't talk about it. You wouldn't want to bring it up. It's like and that Edgar Allan Poe yes, story where I think he's hidden under the floorboards. Yeah, exactly. The Telltale he Heart. The heart and uh, what it reminds me of is a Far Side comic okay, that I, yeah. I saw as a kid where there's a skeleton in a closet and okay. just the, the caption underneath is uh, world champion hide and go seek. 
Yes. <laughs> 1987. Yeah, so you know, you've you've killed this person and though nobody knows the shame of it is eating you alive and you are a shell of the person that you were previously. So the skeletons in God's closet, what Butler's doing in this book is he's bringing up topics like the doctrine of hell, uh, violence in the Old Testament, God's judgment, topics that we might be ashamed of, topics we might consider skeletons in God's closet. Well, he wants to bring out these uh, bones and have them dance. I, I, that didn't really work. I thought I might be able to bring it together. But in, in all seriousness, uh, Joshua Ryan Butler in this book uh, tackles these issues head on. And he looks at the caricatures that we have on each of these topics and how that can negatively shape our view of God. And in the book, he offers a biblically robust, orthodox approach to each of these topics that shows God's goodness, God's justice, and God's mercy. So, I would love for you to check it out, The Skeletons in God's Closet by Joshua Ryan Butler. One day, we will have him on the podcast. It will not be this day. But it will be one day, and we will talk with him about it. Yeah. Brad, how are such things about judgment, like Advent-themed? Well, thank you for bringing that up, Jonathan, because Advent is not just simply uh, kind of pretending that Jesus didn't come, uh, pretending that he wasn't born. It's not just kind of, uh, hey, Christmas is on the way. It's actually a season of preparation. It's a season of fasting. It's a season, in light of Christ's first coming, we look to his second coming, and we look to that second coming in hope because when he comes again, he is coming in judgment. And that is a good thing because that means that he's going to remove all evil and suffering and brokenness. And he's going to make all things new. And we who are hidden in Christ, our sins are forgiven, so we have nothing to fear. And we will um, reign under him, with him for eternity in the new world that he set up. And so Advent is about looking towards that and asking us, how are we to live now in light of that? So it's an actually it's actually a fitting book for Advent. Yeah. Though one, so. one might not think it. And it would have been a fitting interview to talk about all those things <laughs> yeah, it would have been for great. 45 to an hour. Yes. Yes. Which we actually did last Thursday. Oh, man. But right. in, in lieu of that, we'll bring you something slightly different, but still having to do with Advent. So it happens every year, or not every year, excuse me. It happens every now and again that uh, Christmas Day actually falls on a Sunday. And, guys, it's going to happen next year, but it happened uh, just a few years ago in 2016. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to do today, since we lost an episode for you, is we are going to do uh, something we had done a long time. Uh, and that's a SVCC Greatest Hits, where we play an old sermon for you. And that's so right. uh, in light of Advent and Christmas coming, we're going to play a, a sermon for you from Christmas Day of 2016. Uh, the title of the sermon is Glory Go Tell. Uh, it's it's focused. It's in Luke chapter two, verses eighteen to I mean eight to twenty, focused on the experience of the the shepherds. And so the sermon's basically looking at uh, why is the gift of Jesus glorious? Uh, why does that glory give us joy? And what does that joy actually look like? What shape does it take? So, without any further ado, one of Shade's greatest hits: Glory Go Tell. 
I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. If you haven't done so already, if you need a Bible, you can lift your hand. Uh, Gus will be happy to bring you on. So Luke chapter 2. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's a little bit of an odd Christmas. This only happens like once every seven or eight years that it falls on a Sunday. Um, but what better day for us to gather and to celebrate? This feels like old school a little bit right here this morning. So we're going to dive in, have a little fun. I have to ask, uh, is there anyone here who has not yet allowed their family to open any presents? Like you're like, nope, not till after service. The Browns don't count. Your family sleeps. I know that. <laughs> so I didn't think so. Normally, my normal Sunday morning, I come in really early to Shades because I, I like my routine. I don't like to be rushed. But there was like no way that my kids or my wife was going to be okay with that today. My kids were about to come out of their skin this morning. I don't know about anybody else. We torture them and we make breakfast really slow, this slow, horrid process. We, we typically read the Christmas story on Christmas Eve for real and on Christmas morning for torture. Like that's how it just, just drag it out. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting too much into how horrible of a parent I can be. But they were excited this morning. And why? Because there was good news of great joy. Unto them gifts were given. And I love, I love watching my kiddos open their, their gifts. They rip open the package to behold the glory of the new treasure. And you can just see it. You can just see it as, as they behold this glory. A joy builds until it erupts in praise. They, they see glory and they have to go tell about it. Thank you for this. This is awesome. Look, do you see what it can do? And they just start praising this, this thing. This is what it looks like to receive a gift. This is what it looks like to receive the greatest gift of Jesus Christ himself. I want us to see that. I want us to see this this morning in Luke chapter 2. I want us to see three things. Number one, I want us to see why the gift of Jesus is glorious in the first place. I said, my kids, they open the package to behold the glory of the gift. I want us to see what, why, is it, why is Jesus glorious in the first place. Number two, I want to see why does that glory give us joy? What, why is this good news of great joy? And the third one, I want us to see what that joy looks like. Like if, if Christ is your joy, how do you know that? What's it look like? What's it feel like? What, how does that express itself? So that's where we're this morning, to see all of that, we are going to focus on the first people to receive the news about Jesus' birth, the first people to, say, to, to be told, here's the gift of Christ. We're going to focus on this group of common shepherds. So let's dive right in to verse 8, verses 8 and 9, Luke chapter 2. And in the same region, that's in the region of Bethlehem where Jesus was just born, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. So here we've got this common group of shepherds on the outskirts of town working the night shift. They're guarding their sheep from predators, from robbers. It's just another boring day at the office for these people, just punching the time clock. And then, boom! There's a stinking party in the sky, complete with the glory of God disco ball. Like seriously, that's what, that's what it says. It says the glory of God, not the glory of the angels. Somehow here, the glory of God himself is shining around these people. God's glory, it's his greatness, his goodness, his beauty. 
And sometimes, sometimes in, in Scripture, this, this glory, it, it takes on uh, an indescribable yet visible form. And like the, the, the best we can do with human language is to compare it to light. So they did the glory of the Lord shone. Like light, like bright, like the, the sun or something, whatever that is, it's happening in front of these shepherds, right? Well, the night and it freaks them out. They were filled with great fear, fearing. They feared, literally. It's interesting to me that this, uh, this is a really normal response to the glory of God in Scripture. It's not like, like all throughout Scripture, it doesn't matter if you're in Isaiah 6, it doesn't matter if you're where Peter's beholding Christ, it doesn't, it doesn't matter these, in these places when the glory of God shows up in some kind of visible form, response is fear. Like that doesn't exactly compare with our modern worship services where we're like, your glory, we want more of it, bring it. We want, that's not exactly what's going on, that's not the picture freaking out and I mean like it makes sense that a supernatural event would naturally freak anyone out but perhaps there's something deeper happening as well if you look at these encounters with the glory of God throughout scripture in many of them we, we see people fear the glorious presence of God because in the light of his glory they see their own sin. The, his glory reveals him as who he is, reveals him as the one true God. And that exposes our sin of pretending to be him. That's what sin is. It's it's us trying to pretend to be our own God. That's sin at its, its root. And his glorious presence reveals that we are imposters. It's like a prince playing king in the absence of his father. When his dad shows up, it's pretty obvious he's not really king. That's what happens when the glory of God shows up. We're revealed as imposters. We're not God of our own life. And so we do what any imposter does when the real thing shows up. We freak out. We're exposed and we deserve to be expelled from our throne of lies. Yes, that's an elf reference. It's Christmas. The glory of God is terrifying, which is what makes the angel's next words so important. Look at verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not. Fear not. For, there's a reason not to fear. For, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Fear not. Like how? The glory of God is shining around us, man. Like how, how am I supposed to fear not? He tells them, for, because I'm proclaiming good news. Gospel. The verb there is literally in the noun form, it's euangelion. It's our word for gospel. You don't have to be afraid because I've, I've got good news. You don't have to fear the glory of God. I've got a gospel that's going to give you great joy in the glory of God. Right now, 
You see glory and it gives you fear. Let me show you glory that will give you joy. And the, and the, the angel, he, he unwraps for them, for us, the gift of the glory of Jesus. And he shows us why the gift of Jesus is glorious. This is number one. The first thing that we need to see this morning, why the gift of Jesus is glorious. We see it in verse 11. Look at it with me. For, because, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In that one verse, see at least at minimum the fourfold glory of Jesus. Number one, or these are subpoints. Why is Jesus glorious? Four reasons. One, he's real. Born this day, a real day, in real history, in the time of Caesar Augustus, when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Born this day in this city, in the city of David. That's a real city. You can go to it. Kind of. There's a little bit of strife over there right now. It's under control of the Palestinians. But it's there. It's a real place. At a real time, Jesus was born a real Savior. One of my favorite verses in this passage that we're not really going to get to talk about this morning, so I'm going to shove it in and talk about it right now, is verse 19. Look down to verse 19. It's this what told me this out-of-place random detail. Verse 19 says, But Mary treasured up all these things upon her heart. Why is that verse there? A lot of people think it's because, a lot of scholars think, that it's because Luke's source for his information about this birth was Mary. We know that Luke, who wrote this gospel, interviewed people trying to get the details right. It makes sense that Mary would include that, right? This is what a mom does. Everybody else freaking out over this birth. And this is a real mom with a real baby with all of this happening around her. She doesn't know what all of it means. She's trying to put it all together. She's pondering these things in her heart. Behold the glory of Jesus. He's real. Secondly, he's the Savior. Unto you, it's born this day in the city of David, a Savior. This means one who saves or one who delivers. Behold the glory of Jesus. He is the Savior. Third, he is the Christ to use born a savior who is christ the title literally means anointed one all throughout the old testament god had foretold foretold specifically through his prophets that he's going to send a christ an anointed one from the line of david king out of david's line somewhere along the way will be born an anointed one who will rule and reign forever and here we are with these shepherds Working the same job, by the way, that King David worked as a boy, shepherd. They're working it on the same hills where David tended sheep. Because in the same city, David's hometown, Bethlehem, the city of David. I mean, how fitting is it that once David's promised heir is born, the news first comes to his occupational ancestors. Common people, just like David was. And here comes this angelic announcement, the promised Christ, the Christ that was promised to come through David. He's here, the anointed one is here. Behold the glory of Jesus. He is the fourth Christ, fourth 
He is the Lord. Unto you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That word, respectful title that means sir, but you don't usually apply such a title to a baby. Lord, Adonai, God. This baby is is not just a mere human savior, not just a mere human who's been anointed. This this is God in the flesh, Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Behold glory of Jesus. He is the sovereign Lord over all who is taken on flesh as the anointed Christ to be our Savior. Do you see why the gift of Jesus is glorious? Unpack, unwrap who he is. Behold his glory and see if that glory doesn't fill you with joy. It takes us straight to our second thing that I want us to see this morning. We've seen why the gift of Jesus is glorious. Second thing, I want us to see why that glory gives us joy. Look at verse 11 again. For unto you. That's a swap from the previous verse. In verse 10, the angel said, this is good news of great joy that's going to be for all people. And now he swaps gears in verse 11 and says, for unto You. He wants to make sure these shepherds know you're included. When I say this is great news, great joy for all people, you're in that. You here this morning, you're in that unto you specifically. You is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Don't believe me? The angel says, I'll give you a sign. Verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Why should the glory of Jesus give you joy? Because he, in all of his glory, has been given to you. He's not just the Savior. He's your Savior. He's not just the Christ. He's your Christ. He's not just the Lord. He is your Lord, sovereign Lord, who took on flesh as the anointed Christ to save you. Matthew 121 tells us that's what his very name means. Jesus means God saves. And Matthew 121 specifically tells us what he saves us from. You call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Our sin, our rejection of God. Remember, when we want to be our, our own God, we rejected God, and so we deserve to be exposed and expelled. This is our, our sin that causes us to fear the glory of God. Glory which would expose and expel us. Christ saves us from our sin. Instead of us being exposed, he expels our sin and welcomes us in. He does it not just by being born, but by living a perfect life, dying a death in our place. He expels our sin and welcomes us, us in. He puts us peace with God that we might no longer fear his glory but enjoy it this is the gospel 
This is the good news that produces great joy. This is a gospel of Christmas. And it takes an army of angels to communicate just how joyous it is. Look at, look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. It's the word for army. There's an army of angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the result of the gospel, is it not? The result of Christ coming into this world, taking on flesh, living a perfect life on our behalf, dying our guilty death in our place, rising to defeat our sin and death. This is the result, is it not? Glory to God. God did this. God did this. All of it. Glory to God. Peace among those of us who receive his grace, those of us with whom he is pleased, those upon whom he pours his favor. Peace with him, acceptance with him. This is the result of the gospel. Glory ever ascending to God, peace ever descending to man. Glory to God, peace to man, his glory, our joy. We no longer have to fear the glory of God, the highest. We enjoy it. We enjoy him. We enjoy Jesus. It's the gospel good news of Christmas that the greatest glory, glory of God in the highest, that means there's none higher. We're reading this story last night and uh, we read glory to God in the highest and Talitha goes, that's high. It's like, yeah, it's the highest. It's a superlative, babe. You can't get any higher. And she just looked at me really confused and it's okay. I didn't really tell my three-year-old that it was a superlative. Okay, all right. It's the highest glory, the greatest glory has been given to you that you might have the greatest joy forever. The glory of Jesus is yours. Let's see what it looks like to enjoy it. We've seen how it is that the gift of Jesus is glorious. We've seen how it is that his glory gives us joy. Third and final thing, let's see what joy in the glory of Jesus looks like. I think we see it through the shepherds. Look at verses 15 and 16. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. I think we see that joy in the glory of Jesus looks like adoration. Is that not what the shepherds are doing here? I mean, they, they act in faith. It says in haste they go to find Jesus. There's a desire here. There's an affection. There's adoration. I think we see that for certain as we keep reading in verse 17. It says, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what these things the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They're glorifying God, praising Him. That's, that's worship, that's adoration. Joy in the glory of Jesus looks like adoration. You want to know, do I find joy in the glory of Jesus? Do you adore Him? Is there adoration exploding from your, your heart? And I say exploding because that's what it does here. 
adoration by these shepherds is made complete by their proclamation. They see glory and they go tell. This is, this is what the full picture of joy and the glory of Jesus looks like. Adoration and proclamation. Adoration. and These two things go together. They, they have to. Adoration is not complete without proclamation. Just like I told you about my kids right at the beginning. You know, when they see a gift and they love it, they, they adore it. Like, they've got to say something. It's got to explode. I, I adore my wife. I love her. And so I tell her I love her. Why? Like, I've been telling her that for 15 years. Why do I keep saying it? Because adoration isn't complete without proclamation. It's what it does. This this is what it looks like when you receive a gift. This is what it looks like when you receive the greatest gift of of Jesus. Joy in the glory of Jesus looks like adoration erupting in proclamation. You see glory, and so you go tell. That's what it looked like for angels. The angels who beheld the the plan of God from ages past unfolding. It looked like glory to them, and they had to tell. We read in verse 14, glory, glory to God in the highest. And tell peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. Adoration erupting in proclamation. They see glory, so they go tell. It's what it looked like for the angels. It's what it looked like for the shepherds. Verse 17, when they saw it, beheld glory. When they saw it, they made known. They made known. They went and told. They made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. They glorified. They praised God. Adoration erupting in proclamation. Glory, so they go tell. That's what it looks like for the angels. That's what it looks like for the shepherds. Is that what joy and the glory of Jesus looks like for us, for, for you, for me, today, this, this Christmas, like press down these implications into, into your life. Do you adore the Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord? And, and does that joyous adoration erupt in, in proclamation when you see glory? Do you have to go tell? I want to challenge you. Today, this afternoon, at, at lunch, whenever, with whoever you're spending time with, your, your friends, your family, will, will you tell them? Will you tell them over lunch why it is that you find joy in Jesus? Will you just set aside some time to, to, to explain, this is how I came to know Christ. This is why I trust in Him. Or, or later this week, when you go back to when you go back to work or when you go back to school or, or just into wherever you spend time within the community and people ask you, how was your Christmas? Like that's a softball lob, people. How was your Christmas? It was great. I got to share with my family and friends about why I love Jesus. Here's what I told them. And they're trapped. It's not even weird. They can't go anywhere. They're just there. Will we adore him and our adoration erupt in, in proclamation? May this be true of us. May we be a people whose adoration erupts in proclamation, a people who have truly beheld glory. So we've got to go tell. Amen. And amen. Well, we hope that in this Christmas season, 
um, you will behold more and more of the glory of Jesus, and that that will stir up so much joy in your heart that you have to share that, that you will uh, be compelled to share it with your your family and your friends, uh, like the end of that sermon uh, challenged us to. So, well, guys, I hope that you all have a great Christmas break. I hope that everybody has a very Merry Christmas. And uh, feel free to email us at shadesvalley.org. Why should they do that, Brad? Yep, we want to hear from you because it's Shades Midweek. You're part of the conversation. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Shades Greatest Hits on Shades Midweek. We will 